the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, we made it to Friday, Friday, April 28th, 2023. I am Seth Liebson. It's been a long and busy week. It's good to have you, Bill, and see you um, slumming it again, producing the show. What, did we break David Dahl last last night? He was uh, he was working the Dennis Prager event. Did we break him? He couldn't make it in today? Scheduled day off. I actually, I, I, I poke fun. He's actually doing something very noble. I think there's a graduation exercise for a family member, if I'm not mistaken. Which reminds me, we got to uh, prep our uh, annual commencement address ourselves here, don't we? We got to get ready for that. I have some new stuff I want to add from a um, inspired, I won't do it today, I, I'll prep it a little better, inspired by a current college freshman uh, that I know. Uh, some stuff she was writing that was just had blown me away and given me some great ideas for college commencement advice, which we will do. Maybe, um, should we do it next Friday? Maybe we do our college commencement address next Friday. Get right in the curve of that. Uh, for those of you that were at the Dennis Prager event last night, oh, it was wonderful seeing you. And thank you. What a wonderful event. Probably one of the best events we've done. Feel free to call in if you want to share any thoughts or memories of it. Observations. We've spent a lot of time this week revisiting Alexander Solzhenitsyn's imploration to live not by lies. Of course, communism itself was known, after it was known, as the big or the great lie. So in the matter of Inri Robert Kennedy Jr., yesterday Sam Stone and I had a few good words to say for R.K. Jr. with the usual stipulations. Someone on Twitter took to writing how we should not be promoting someone so ridiculous as to believe vaccines generally, like the MMR protocols, are a bad idea. To stipulate, again, Sam and I did point out that about Kennedy's ridiculousness, but there is something a bit bigger at play here in the realm of giving people a pass for believing in absurdities why is robert kennedy jr the only one to be condemned robert kennedy was on abc last night for an extended interview with uh, lindsey davis who's typically the anchor for world news tonight on abc do you see the interview she said of her interview quote we should note that during our conversation Kennedy made false claims about the COVID-19 vaccines. We used our editorial judgment in not including extended portions of that exchange in our interview, close quote. Not MMR vaccines, by the way, the COVID-19 vaccines, about which I think he has been mostly right. But she says we've used our editorial judgment in not including extended portions of that exchange in our interview because he made false claims about COVID-19 vaccines. you really trust ABC to know what's false and not about vaccines at this point? I mean, wow. Really, just wow. A major network is censoring a presidential candidate and admits to doing so because, in their judgment, his beliefs were wrong or false. Is this a first? I'm wondering whatever happened to having the confidence of your convictions to let him air and then argue or push back against them if you are so confident. Or ask him about it or follow up questions if you think you know more than he does. 
And I'm wondering why anyone would ever appear on a major network again after they brazenly admit if they think you are wrong, they're just going to edit out what you say. How far will this new media process go? I mean, if someone supports charter schools or school choice and ABC deems such policies errant, will they just censor them out of the interview? Or how about on drug policy or tax policy or foreign policy? I'm indebted to Kyle Becker, who delineated a whole series of statements ABC had no problem promulgating and airing when it was, well, to them, not false to air them. Try these on for size. One, vaccines stop infection. Two, vaccines stop spread. Three, vaccines have no serious adverse effects. Four, children need vaccination. Five, hospitals were overwhelmed with children sick with COVID. Six, vaccinated immunity is better than natural immunity. Seven, vaccines protect against long COVID. Eight, vaccines will lower excess mortality. Nine, masks of any and every kind work and those who don't wear them are putting their community at risk. I'm sure we could go on. You know, I looked up this ABC anchor, Lindsay Davis, who took it upon herself to edit out, that is, censor Robert Kennedy's statements about, again, COVID vaccines. She has a best-selling children's book titled How High is Heaven? The publisher of that book states the book shows that heaven is accessible to everyone and that, and that kids and their parents can celebrate that heaven is a place we can look forward to by God's grace and goodness while finding moments of heaven here on earth. All I can say is none of that is factual. Oh, it's partially surely believable, and people of varying faiths or no faith will have different views on it. But it is speculative, all of it, and it may even be wrong. We don't know. And many think they already know it to be wrong. She's in the business of editing and censoring fact from non-fact, even as she tells children things in a book for profit that is contrary to many beliefs about something that is only true if one suspends all experience and enters into the world of theological speculation. Let's talk about what the MSM, mainstream media, including ABC, think is okay for us to learn and to hear and see and what not. Just for a moment, shall we? This whole country, or too much of it, believed with biblical faith in the pronouncements of Anthony Fauci, even as they changed and contradicted each other including his first pronouncement on COVID in 2020, his very first one, that the United States was not at much risk from any danger from it, including that masks were more harmful than helpful once he did see the United States turned out to be at some risk from it, including his self-emitted lies to the American public about the levels needed to be reached to achieve herd immunity. Robert Kennedy is to be the whipping boy for spreading misinformation, but Anthony Fauci is to be seen as pronouncing from Mount Olympus? Please. This is the man who said this on ABC with no emendation or correction or reaction. Quote, when you get vaccinated, you not only protect your own health and that of the family, but also you contribute to the community health by preventing the spread of the virus throughout the community. In other words, you become a dead end to the virus. And when there are a lot of dead ends around, the virus is not going to go anywhere. And that's when you get a point that you have a markedly diminished rate of infection in the community, close quote. This is the network that aired this statement from President Joe Biden with no emendation or correction or retraction, quote, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, the unvaccinated, not the vaccinated, the unvaccinated. That's the problem. Everybody talks about freedom and not to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? How about patriotism? 
How about making sure that you are vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anyone else? Close quote. This is the uh, the network that aired this statement from the president who said this with no emendation or correction or retraction. Quote, if you get vaccinated, you aren't going to get sick. You aren't going to be hospitalized. You aren't going to die. Close quote. None of that got stopped or corrected or apologized for by ABC. Nor are a whole series of other lies or untruths or suspensions of disbelief, whatever you prefer to call them, false claims, as ABC put it with Robert Kennedy. What of the notion that seems to be gripping the entirety of the left right now, that men can menstruate? That gets a pass, but Robert Kennedy spreads misinformation or disinformation? The idea that men can give birth? The idea that Leah Thomas has a right to compete as a woman against women? That all gets a pass and is just fine and dandy, but Robert Kennedy is not? How about that Donald Trump's 2016 election was illegitimate because of Russian interference in our elections? Or former President Jimmy Carter saying, quote, Trump was put in the office because the Russians interfered on his behalf, close quote. How about the idea that Donald Trump was worse than Hitler? A college professor said that with impunity on the networks. It received no apology or fact check or censure. I must have missed the invasions of sovereign countries and the genocide. How many commentators said Donald Trump would not leave office if he lost the election? Almost all of them, if they were employed by CNN or MSNBC, or that he hated gay people, though he was the first president to put an openly gay person on his cabinet, all while Pete Buttigieg ahistorically and counterfactually claims to be the first openly gay cabinet member. It's not just statements of the past, of course. How about the pronouncements from our U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security repeatedly that our border is secure? This is something that receives no scold or sanction at all. How about inflation will be transitory? How about sanctions against Russia will be crippling? How about China is not our adversary? How about Kamala Harris is the most qualified person to be vice president in America's history? All of that just gets a pass, if not memory hold. None of this or these were deemed false claims, as ABC calls them, and thus subject to their being editorially cut out or ever apologized for, retracted or emended once they did air. Of course, without issuing any apologies or retractions, people are just left to believe these things, false things, wrong things, true misinformation. And not just about public health, but about our entire polity and country and about the integrity of our elections, and about what and who we should trust with for information about our health and our lives. Something, too, I have to say, tells me that there is more truth in what Robert Kennedy said about COVID vaccines than not, and more truth about what Kennedy has and has to say about them than any of the foregoing I've mentioned. No, not other vaccines, But ABC said they edited out what Kennedy said about COVID vaccines. Pardon me for guessing they did this because it would have been contrary or contradictory of all the actually false things they uncritically reported and promulgated about COVID vaccines for two and a half years. Two other things while I'm on this. Thing one, Elizabeth Warren is a powerful U.S. senator. She got to that position from being a powerful and prominent professor of law at Harvard. She got to that position from telling a lifelong lie about her biography. Will ABC continue to allow her on their network? Do we just phlegmatically now live with lies? 
so long as they substantiate or perpetuate a certain ideological narrative? Clearly, the answer, growingly, is yes. Thing two, 51 intelligence officials with security clearances said in the run-up to the 2020 presidential election that the Hunter Biden laptop had all the signs of a Russian disinformation campaign. ABC happily perpetrated that story. They, all 51, knew they were wrong. Now, we also know that it was the Biden campaign that initiated the campaign to get that joint letter from those officials in the first place. It was a campaign effort. It altered the presidential election. No emendation or correction or retraction. But Robert Robert Kennedy on the inefficacy of the COVID vaccines, that's too much for ABC. That's all too fat, false and beyond being false. ABC thought it necessary to further discredit Kennedy by saying he was alleging false information. How would we know? ABC wouldn't trust us to judge for ourselves or try to counter whatever it was he said, but they would have us believe all the other things I say I said above. So who's the liar here? Who's the disseminator of falsity? Who's the perpetrator? Who's the perpetrator of disinformation? Who's ruining democracy as a result of all of this? Here's a hint. It's not Robert Kennedy Jr. Check your alphabet. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, Saudi Arabia are all conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. The patents have been filed. Big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group, <clears throat> they see terribly devastating implications. The end of cash, the end of financial privacy, big government able to see your every purchase. Could there be ties to social credit? Own private currency, gold and silver. Now, get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call the Midas Gold Group today at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. The only precious metals dealer, Seb Gorka, I, and thousands of you already know and trust. Or visit them online at MidasGoldGroup.com. We're firing rockets today, huh, Bill? What did you find on the Adam Carolla podcast? Well, it's, a, it's the Adam and Drew podcast, right? Which is really just more Adam Carolla. Dr. Drew doesn't say much on these podcasts. There's the Adam Carolla podcast and there's the Adam and Drew podcast. But I don't know why Adam, I, I don't know why Drew is on there. I mean, I think he's so protective of his Hollywood means that he feels hesitant to agree with. The things Adam says, which are, has Adam ever said anything in the last three years you and I disagree with? I don't think I so. Remember. Three years, not going back ten years. He's that come. A good distinction. Yeah, no, I, the, the the new Adam is better than the old Adam. Uh, so what were they doing? They have this fascination with seventies TV shows. Adam's view is you can tell a lot by a culture 
and its history by its advertisements and its sitcoms, right? So um, <clears throat> he, uh, he's been on, on a kick with All in the Family. And he was talking about – All in the Family is an interesting historical show, by the way. I think it ran ran a while. It started early 70s, maybe 71, 72 at the latest maybe. And it was supposed to make fun of – it was a Norman Lear show that was supposed to make fun of conservatism in the form of Archie Bunker. He was kind of the the pre-Donald Trump, Donald Trump, if you will, and a few degrees more uh, outrageous. Um, And it was a spoof on conservatives. But as Adam points out, this conservative, this – what would you call him? New York redneck of a, of, of a sort. <laughs> he's putting five meals. He's feeding five people under his roof. He's the only one that works. he's the only one who's working. He's, of course, got Edith, the wife, which is fine. That's, I guess, traditional. But then he's got his daughter. What's her name? Is it Gloria? It's Gloria. And then he's got Michael. Is it Stivic, the meathead? Meathead? It's Michael Stivic, played by... Uh, Rob Reiner, who hasn't changed a bit. He is the character. By the way, Carol O'Connor, who played Archie, was not that character. Carol O'Connor was a big lib. But, 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 uh, but, but Meathead, he, he, he was playing the cameo role. And what were you telling me? Adam found a, a, a part of it where, Everything new is old again, or everything old is new again? What was it? What did you want to do here, Bill? In short, Meathead comes into money. He wants to donate it to the McGovern campaign instead of, you know, give it to Archie. Oh, really? And uh, Meathead, who's a, who's a grad Meathead student or something. A threat to democracy. Let's hear it. You got it? We think this is new. Yeah. Well, that I'd like to use for something really important. Like what? Like giving it to the McGovern campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not kidding, no, a real emergency. Don't you see that the election's only two weeks away and they need the money desperately? Do you mean to say, say, that you'll give $200 to them people and forget all about your own family here? Oh, I'm doing it for my family because I want to keep us living in a democracy. What the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about the fact that the Republicans have over $30 million. While all the right. So Archie Bunker is the only one working and he's putting the roof over the head of his wife and his, excuse me, his wife, his daughter and his son-in-law. And the guy comes into how much money? Like six, a few hundred bucks? A few hundred. And he <laughs> saved democracy. Oh, God bless. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Do old-time movies make you feel happy? I love that song, by the way, John Sebastian. Um, <laughs> I'm getting emails of people's memories of All in the Family and, like, favorite quotes of theirs. I don't even know if I... I this... <laughs> favorite quotes of Archie's. <laughs> Can I do this? Yeah. I mean, not to do it is to violate my own sense of things around here he said i'll never forget he was looking at a ballot a voting ballot one day and he said you got your jew your italian and a regular american that's what i call a balanced ticket now the point i want to make about that quote it's obviously absurd and it's obviously uh, to be made fun of to put it no higher but 
I don't know if I, if All in the Family is in uh, syndication or any kind of on any kind of other shows right now. But I, I bet if it is, anyone out there, tell me if I'm wrong about this. I bet I'm right about this. I bet if it's on, it comes with a trigger warning. I bet it does. Careful, the show you are about to see may have blah 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 negative comments about the thing about trigger warnings. You know what the thing about trigger warnings is? Is it makes you conscientious of the issue. Conscientious of the issue. It makes you focus on something that wasn't the focus. It makes you focus on an intent that was not intended. Which is why the social science on trigger warnings is kind of interesting. All these studies have come out showing that they exacerbate the problem. That they actually trigger the thing you're being warned about. Particularly when it comes to suicide ideation and PTSD trigger warnings. It's a nation of people needing trigger warnings. It's something to think about, isn't it? That we just just allow... You know, I'd make a deal... I'd make a deal with higher academia. You know how they don't allow conservative speakers on campuses, whether it's a Stanford Law or Heather McDonald anywhere or that sort of thing? I would have this deal, and I'd be okay with it, and I bet federal judges and Federalist Society-type speakers and your Heather McDonald's, I bet they'd take this deal. Let us come on campus at the invite of a student or a student group, Give us all the security we need and feel free to issue any trigger warning you like ahead of it. What you are about to hear may offend your sensibilities or everything you've been taught or heard or learned for the past 15 years. Nonetheless, your attendance at this speech is not mandatory, but if you go, you might be offended. I'd I'd go for that deal because you know what the conceit is with these things, these cancellations, by the way, of conservative speakers. The conceit is they impose upon the inviting body, usually the conservative student group, they impose upon them the obligations of covering security. And that's the that's the diversion here. Well, it's a security risk. Why is it a security risk? You can't control your students. Are students not warned when they come to campus that they have to behave by a certain code of conduct? Have colleges done away with codes of conduct? And if the students can't control themselves from engaging in in violence or a heckler's veto, isn't that the school's responsibility? Shouldn't they be disciplined? But they aren't. And they won't be. And the conservative group has to cover the cost of security, which is expensive It's expensive. It's just how you end up silencing people through a conceit, through a pretext. That's the word you want here, pretext. But these trigger warnings are awfully silly these days. You know, I saw one on a show I liked the other day. It had a trigger warning, depicts cigarette smoking. I saw marijuana smoking on that show. There was no trigger warning for that. The illegal thing didn't get a trigger warning. The illegal thing that actually affects your mind and can cause dangerous and baleful outcomes, didn't get the trigger warning. But cigarette smoking did. We don't carry a brief here for cigarette smoking, but why are we focusing on the more innocent thing as opposed to the more 
dangerous because because we're disoriented as a society. That's why. And we misprioritize everything. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960, um, Yeah, I wanted to do a couple things here. Yeah, this is interesting. Um, my friend, uh, he's been on this show a few times, and he's part of this new project. Uh, a few of us are starting. Uh, Jeff Taylor. Um Many of you know him as one of our homeless and uh, drug experts here. <clears throat> he uh, he often points out when we're talking about the chronic homeless population that um, that the notion that there are no beds available it's not true everywhere. For example, in San Francisco, um, there are at certain facilities. It's just that they require you not to do drugs and alcohol to have that bed. So you will go to certain facilities that require that, like the Salvation Army, for example, and you will see homeless people sleeping outside the front doors where there are available beds inside because the price of not doing drugs or alcohol is too great and too much for them. They would much rather, not that they have volition at this point, but their preference or their velleity, that's the opposite of volition, I think, their velleity is to rather stay on the street and remain intoxicated. The problem is the government endows this. That's the problem. So for organizations that try to get government money to try and help the homeless population with something more than putting them up in a local Hilton or Holiday Inn, as there's the new method here in the means, while people can continue their addictions... The government will not give money to organizations that require sobriety, which is the fuel, the energumen, if you will, the catalyst for the homelessness in the first place. And they talk to us about root causes. San Diego supervisor Jim Desmond was being interviewed in, uh, in San Diego on the issue. The county wants to spend $160 million to house the homeless in hotels. Listen, listen to this. Is this an indefinite program for them to just live there the rest of their lives? You would think that they would want to help them get out on their own, live a good, healthy life, and not have to be under the support of the state. Absolutely. But this Housing First program, which the state dollars are tied to and federal dollars, any uh, any of the uh, housing or homeless dollars we get can only qualify if we have this Housing First program, which does, doesn't have any of those requirements. And this is, you know, you, you, you know, we treat our pets better than we treat, you know, our fellow human beings. We're homeless on the street. If this was your child or something like that, you want them to get them into treatment. And the treatment is what is necessary. But we have no, it's all carrot, no stick. There's no requirements that you, you get clean or you get healthy or get into any sort of program. I think we, you know, we have to, we're getting to the point where we have to force people or involuntarily get them into the programs they need. Because if you're in a drug-induced fog of, of and you're hooked on, you know, fentanyl or heroin or whatever it is, you, you're just not thinking clearly. And if you, you know, if you're living and you're using those drugs and alcohol and, some, and if there's a family 
you know, down the hall in another room or another unit, and they're they're trying to get clean or they're trying to get their kids off the school or things like that. And you've got drug use in the same facility or the same hotel. It really is, is uh, you know, a losing battle. But that's the way, you know, the feds and the yeah. state of California say you have to spend your dollars. We have groups in San Diego, he goes on to say, they want to help the homeless but require drug and alcohol treatment to be part of the process towards achieving housing. These programs aren't given state funding because they require people not to use drugs. Think of the insanity of that. A state-funded program... You are ineligible for a state-funded program by mandating that the people you want to serve follow the law. Follow the state and federal law, which is not to traffic in drugs. That is the law still. That is the law. But if you require that of people, you are ineligible for homelessness funding. I, I, I don't know how to wrap my head around that. All you're requiring is obedience to the law, and because of that requirement, you are ineligible for funding from the state, whose job is to not only pass but enforce the law. Here's what's going to happen with these hotel programs. Here's what's going to happen when you require nothing of behavior modification, when you require nothing of sobriety, nothing of drug and alcohol cleanliness. You know what's going to happen? They're going to burn those hotels down. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. I don't know if the hotels that they're trying to move these people into have the ability to just say no or if the money is too great, but I'm telling you the cost will be the the cost will be if they think the money is good for them now, wait till they have to deal with the insurance, wait till they have to deal with third-party liability, wait till they have to deal with the arson, wait till they have to deal with the crime, wait till they have to deal with the third-party liability of abuse and crime and battery. Remember when we started our homeless project here only in October, I think it was, when we got serious and we started saying we're putting together a group to do something about it. Remember people giving me, sending me emails saying, oh, yeah, another group. You're really going to do something about it. Well, we did it. We did it. I told you, I don't just do, I don't just say things. If I'm going to commit to something and I'm going to get a group together to commit, I want to thank people like Jeff and Steve and Elon and Mike Bailey and those guys. We did it. Phoenix announced earlier this week they are going to start cleaning up block by block the zone based on the lawsuit, the environment we created to get it done. And the zone, if Phoenix is serious about what they say they're going to do, and they said they're going to do it, they're going to start cleaning up block by block and maintaining the blocks that they clean up in the zone. Good. Good. If this succeeds... If it deploys and succeeds, this will probably... Oh, I should mention Sam, too. He was a big part of this. If this succeeds, we will have achieved one of the greatest public policy successes in probably one of the shortest distance of times in the history, maybe, of the city, maybe of the state. We only got into this in October. Well, it's a nice mark of this show that when we say we're going to commit to something, we are. 
We'll see it through. We don't just say things around here. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. With all the administration's work on the economy, how do you think they're doing? The banks, the stock market, talk of recession, lies about inflation. What if you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? A portfolio where you'll know what each monthly statement will look like. No surprises where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like. No loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly. There are no fees. This is a secure, collateralized portfolio. Delivers a high fixed rate of, ref- of return. I'm talking about why refi. They're local. I encourage you to stop by their offices on Scottsdale Road in the 101. I've been there several times. And I can tell you, you will not get a sales pitch, and no one's going to ask you to sign a thing. When you meet with the team at Y Refi, you'll see why I trust them so much, and you can too. A due diligence approved firm, you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Just log into investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call them at 888 refi 34 888 refi 34 I don't know if we um, have retired the uh, the term gaslighting or not, but that is the business Randy Weingarten was in this week, and uh, thank very much God for one brave reporter at the New York Times, David Leonhardt. He's been good on this COVID stuff from the get-go, the one brave guy at the New York Times. They must have something about their science reporters at the New York Times. You know who their previous science reporter was? Alex Berenson. I don't know what they're feeding the science reporters over at the New York Times, but David Leonhardt is having none of it. Look at the article today, The Long Shadow of COVID School Closures. He takes what Randy Weingarten said yesterday or the day before, and he says... He writes, many other education leaders took a different approach in 2020 and came to a faster reopening of the schools. In Europe, many were open by the middle of the year. In the U.S., private schools, including Catholic schools, which have modest resources, reopened. In conservative parts of the U.S., public schools also reopened. Some people did contract COVID at these schools, but the overall effect on the virus's spread was close to zero. U.S. communities with closed schools had similar levels of COVID as communities with open, be they in the U.S. or in Europe. Gaslighting. You know, I want, let's talk to Pete Peterson about some of this. He's coming right up. And then, of course, our third hour special with Rabbi Pinchas Alush as well. Be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.